greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome back to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, Keith McKenzie. This is session five in our study with Pastor Conway Campbell on angelology, which is the study and the doctrine of angels. It's a topical study, and today uh, Pastor Conway will be looking at special angels and ministering spirits. This has been a highly informative Series. Hope that you're enjoying it. Uh, session six, which will be coming up next, is the Angel of the Lord. I particularly like that one. I will see you on the other side. Think we'll ever get tired of singing in heaven? No. Just a quick review. Last week we dealt with this issue of the classification of ranks of angel. We talked about the fact that they have organization. And that their organization is evident in their many assemblies. Um, we looked at that verse Job 1.6. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan was there. So there were days that they came together to present themselves. Their organization is shown in their military administration. And military, we talked about, um, use that word because of their rank and file. There's organization in their, their rank and file. Um, and we see that. Then we looked at the ranking of angels. Um, we saw that the elect angels are ranked by titles. Uh, one of them we, we looked at, we talked about Michael, um, is listed as an archangel. Arch, um, in the Greek, it's arche, arche meaning first. So Michael there, in essence, we could say is the first among angels. And then we, see some of the, we saw some of the ranks that were found in Scripture, the rulers, the principalities, the powers, thrones, authorities, dominions, and might. Those were some of the, the, the ranking levels. And then we also saw that the, even the evil angels are also ranked by titles. Um, Ephesians 6.12, remember, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, and the spiritual forces of wickedness. And this, again, is talking about evil angels, and they have a similar rank order. They have the room, rulers which seem to be in, in a higher rank. And then the powers um, are, are um, uh, another level down. And then the world forces um, of this darkness and then spiritual forces of wickedness. Talk about the spiritual forces of wickedness being almost like the, the infantrymen of, of the evil angelic beings. And then we looked at the special classes of angel. We looked at, looked at cherubim and... Um, uh, talked about the fact that there's some that will hold to the opinion that um, Lucifer was a cherub, or it says it in Scripture that he was a cherub, but so because of that, they'll say cherub was the highest order of, of angels. But um, it's not something we could be really dogmatic about. And we looked at the description of cherubim and um, the fact that each of them has four faces, and we saw that back in Ezekiel, um, starting in verse 1, carrying through even verse 10, where you saw another sighting of them. The face... Um, in the front is as a man um, of the cherubim, and the face on the, the right is as a lion. The face on the left is as an ox, and the face in the back is as an eagle. And they each have two pairs of wings. 
um, one pair that's spread out in the middle of the back and then the other pair is used to cover their bodies. And then they also have the legs of men, but their feet are like calves' feet. They have four human hands, one located under each wing. And they travel in groups of four, as we saw with Ezekiel. There were, there were four of them. And they were always, they're always associated with um, protecting God's glory. The seraphim now are, are charged with, with um, proclaiming God's um, holiness. Um, they're proclaimers. And we saw them in Ezekiel 6 where they go around saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And their description, um, we didn't have a description of their, their, their face, but they, we saw he described them as having six wings in Isaiah 6. Two covers their face, two covers their feet, and two are, they fly with. So we didn't have a description of what they looked like. And then we looked at the living creatures and, um, and their description. They look, at least each of the living creatures look similar to how the cherubim would look. And um, it seems as if there's only four of these living creatures total. And, and one has the face of a lion, one has the face of an ox, one has the face of a man, and one has the face of an eagle. They also have wings. They have six wings, each of them. And, um, and so we see some similarities between the living creatures as well as the seraphim and the, the cherubim, but they seem to be different creatures altogether. So that's a quick review. Um, let's jump in this week. Um, we're going to look at uh, today some special angels. And um, first here under, under letter A, some angels who have played some prominent roles throughout um, the time. You know, in terms of names and in Scripture as we recognize it, there are only two names of angels mentioned in the Bible. Who are they? And Gabriel, right. Now, if you look in the... What were you going to say, Conway? Well, those are the, the special classes, but good good job. They're listening. We're surprised this week as they're sitting there and they're having this conversation among themselves. And we think they're not really listening, but they're hearing every single thing. And they were recounting the whole of last week's lesson. So, um, But, um, yeah, uh, Michael and Gabriel, um, as opposed to um, others who would list a lot, uh, some other ones. And we'll talk about those later. But Michael, um, we see, number one there, Michael uh, is the first one that's listed. Michael leads the element, leads an element of warfare, letter A. He's a military commander, if you will. We've talked about it before, but his name means who is like God. Remember how that's contrasted with, with Satan and, and um, how in Isaiah he declared that he will be like God. He said, I will be, I will be, I will be. And so um, his, Michael's name means who is like God. Um, Michael's the only angel designated as an archangel, letter B. We've talked about that before, but as we, we discussed, it doesn't mean that he's the only one. It just means that um, he's the only one that's named in Scripture as an archangel. You know, people have speculated, a lot of scholars have said that it was Michael that cast Lucifer down out of, out of heaven. And some people speculated that. Um, let us see there, he's assigned to the welfare of the nation of Israel. He's assigned to the welfare, and then during the Great Tribulation, letter D, he will defend the nation of Israel. And then in E there we see Michael will shout as he accompanies Jesus at the rapture. 
We see in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So we see there in in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, three things are going to happen. Christ is going to come for for the church, and he's going to come with a shout, going to wake up those people who are dead. And there's going to be the voice of the archangel, it says. So Michael is going to have something to say. And then there's going to be the trumpet of God. So we see those three things happening. The dead in Christ will rise first. So Christ's shout will wake those people up. That's Michael. Then we see Gabriel, number two. Um, and Gabriel is, is, is probably one of, is, is one of the most prominent angels mentioned in Scripture. You know, the other angels that are mentioned, you know, obviously most un, unnamed. And, um, but, but Scripture frequently refers to Gabriel as the messenger of Jehovah, or the messenger of um, the Lord, the Lord's messenger. Scripture never calls him an archangel, um, but it refers to him more often than it does Michael. Um, his name means the mighty one of God, the mighty one of God. And um, we see in letter A there, he has permanent access to God's presence because there he is ready at a command's notice to go out and deliver news or to do something that God wants him to do. So in letter B, he stands in God's presence ready to carry out his orders, just watching and waiting. <clears throat> In Luke 1.19, he describes himself, and he says, The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. That's how Gabriel described himself, as the one who stands in the presence of God. And so he's been there with some of the most important announcements you know, you think about who was the one that delivered, you know, the news that such and such was pregnant, you know, and it was it was Gabriel. And so um, he appears four times in the Bible, always bearing good news. For example, um, he interprets God's purpose for Daniel. Turn to Daniel chapter nine. <clears throat> Let us see he interprets God's purpose. Daniel chapter 9, verse 21. While I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, who I had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. Verse 22, he gave me instruction and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight with understanding. And so he says, he's come forward. I've come forth to give you insight with understanding. Letter D there, he announces the vision of God for the end of time. He announces the vision of God. Flip back a chapter to Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8, look at uh, verse 15. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. And behold, standing before me was one who looked like a man. And I heard the voice of a man between the banks of Ulai, and he called out and said, Gabriel, give this man an understanding 
of the vision. It continues. And you remember we discussed this as we had gone through the Old Testament survey. So here he is explaining things. Letter E, he appeared to Zacharias announcing the birth of John the Baptist. And there he explained how John would be the forerunner of Christ. He appeared to Mary, letter F, announcing the birth of Christ. Talked about the fact that Christ will be the promised seed of David and and that was announced in the Old Testament. So the four times Gabriel appeared in Scripture, he's a messenger and he's bringing good news to the people that God sent him to. So not only do we have these angels here who play these strong, prominent roles, but we, we have angels who are in special groups and, and group them here based on their function in Scripture and what they've, they've done. Monica? Yes. The vision of God. Any other missing letters? Interprets. Interprets God's purpose for Daniel. So we see these special groups of angels in under letter B here, and, and you know there's no name given to them. But as you look through Scripture and try and um, figure out what they're they're doing, you come up with all right, what are they sent to do? So um, number one there, um, we have the four corners angels. In Revelation chapter seven, verse one. And after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. And so that's a function that they're then sent out to do. They're, they're, they're sent out in those groups. Number two there, the sealing angels. See that in Revelation 8, verses 3 and 4. It says, Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him, so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar, which were before the throne. And uh, the smoke of the incense went out with the prayers of the saints, went out before God out of the angel's hands. And so here they seal the... the um, the, the 144,000 Jews in Revelation. Number three, there are the seven trumpets angels. Seven trumpets. And we see them throughout Revelation chapter 8 and 9. For example, in Revelation 8 verse 1. Actually, turn over there. Turn over to Revelation. Revelation chapter 8. When the, verse 1. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Look at verse 6. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets 
prepared themselves to sound them. Look, look at verse 8. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on, a, on the springs of water. The name of the star is called Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a, a third of them would be darkened, and the day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. And so on, it continues down. So those are the seven trumpets angels. And then we have the, number four there, the seven plagues angels. And uh, we see that in Revelation 15, so you could look at that as they, we see that scene in, scene in heaven there um, in Revelation 15. And then letter C, we see angels with special responsibilities. Angels with special responsibilities given to them by God. Now, um, number one there, the gathering angels for the lost. These will gather the loss for punishment. Was there a question, Joy? No, I was stretching. Oh, stretching? Okay. No, I was marking all my angels. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> just ask me, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right, no cheating. All right. Turn back to Matthew chapter 13. You're doing inductive? Yeah. Matthew 13. Look at verse 41. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness, and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has an ear has ears. Let him hear. And so they'll gather the lost for their punishment. Likewise, or conversely, number two, the gathering angels of the righteous. Matthew 24, verse 31 says, And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. So we'll send them for the righteous. And number three, even though this is an an evil angel, this is the abyss angel. The abyss. Remember that verse we looked at in, in Revelation chapter 9 verse 11, um, where they have a king over them. The angel of the abyss, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Um, he, is, um, he has this special function here to lead these abyss angels as they come on the earth to, remember, as they're going to torment men, those men 
um, for many days. We talked about the angels are, those angels are locked up in the abyss for now. They're locked away. And so Apollyon and Abaddon means destroyer. So here he is. And we'll, we'll talk a lot more about this as we get closer. We'll talk about um, this area of the abyss and some other areas um, where other angels are. Number four, the locksmith angel. And this is, this is the angel who locks up um, Satan before the millennium. Um, Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. All right? So there's that um, that one that locks him up. Number five, the ruling angels. We talked a little bit about them the last time. Remember those, those ruling, you know, they're the principalities, powers, thrones, authorities, dominions, and mights. You know, Ephesians 1.21 there talks about the fact that far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And so this is talking about Christ. It's a comparison of Christ to angels. And even though there are levels of hierarchy within the angelic rank, Christ is far above all of those levels, he says. And the idea is that Christ's ascension resulted in him being exalted over every other authority that's there, whether they're human or angelic authority or past authority or present or future authority. <clears throat> the Jews believed angels contain, controlled human destiny, but Paul's saying that it is Christ in that verse when he says he's above everything. So the rule, authority, power, and dominion um, are... are our description there of, of evil angels. Ephesians 3.10 So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. So God's manifold wisdom is, is apparent in the church's construction. The angels are marveling at God's wisdom. We've talked about it before. And as they, as they observe the church united into one body, Jews and Gentiles united into one body. So they're marveling about it. And I think they'd be especially pleased as they look and they see the diversity within our church. They look and they say, that's amazing that a group of people could come together like that in unity. Colossians 1.16 For by him all things were created. Conway, Maya, Cameron, you know that verse? For What is it? Colossians 1.16 I can't hear you. You guys are mumbling. Visible and invisible, the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. First Peter 3.22, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. And so, again, after Jesus was resurrected and, and he, he ascended, that, that, that was a testimony to God's acceptance of, of what he did and his satisfaction with the sacrifice. And so God subjected all things, even, even um, all powers and all ranks under his feet. And so 
um, number six, the guardian angels. The Bible doesn't state whether or not each believer has a guardian angel or whether or not different angels may take turns watching over different Christians. Um, but both possibilities are logical, I suppose. Uh, look at Matthew 18.10. <laughs> several I guess that's possible too Matthew 18 um, verse 10 says see that you do not despise one of these little ones for I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my father who is in heaven and so he personalized it here and he says they're angels. And so the discussion here about this verse is whether or not this verse is talking about little children or whether it's talking about um, uh, disciples that need to humble themselves as little children. But it could be either. But it also says there, their angels um, are continually beholding their Savior's face and that the Father's face. And that, that's the point I want to stress here is that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And the idea is that they're not watching the movement of the children or disciples or whoever it is on earth. What are they doing? They're beholding the Father's face. And so that that's the, the important piece of this verse. You know, evidently the these angels, they're... they're, they're supernatural messengers that are that are sent to assist God's people but for example Hebrews 1:14 says are they not ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation so here they are as they're beholding God's face you know if he wrinkles his brow then of concern for us then then they're ready to go and assist at his word and that's the idea. They're watching his face just to see what his concern, are, his concern is. And if he kind of goes like this, it's like, what is going on? They, they're ready to go. And so they're watching for the, his slightest flinch of concern. And so that's the emphasis that I, I wanted to, to focus on that. Questions, comments? All right, number seven. We have the angels associated with horses and chariots. associated with horses and chariots. Second Kings 2.11 As they were going along, talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. Second Kings 6.17 Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes. We saw this verse this morning, that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Psalm 68:17 The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them as at Sinai in holiness. And in Revelation 19:14 And the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean were following him on white horses. And we see some of these angels here associated with, with, with horses, animals, chariots, and they use those in their, their transportation. 
And then we see some, some other angels we see throughout Scripture. The angel who, number eight, the angel who destroyed the Assyrian army. Remember, we had looked at this a couple weeks ago and when we were studying. Yes, Monica. Well, you don't know if they're the same angels that you might see elsewhere, but in these those cases, they were they were using those in their transportation. Remember, we had looked at um, this issue with um, um, uh, King Hezekiah. We looked at him from Second Kings, and um, he got a letter from the Assyrian army commander. And what did he do? He went right up to the temple and he spread out the letter before God and he said, "God, do you see what he's saying about you? He's saying that you're not the most um, awesome God." And so we had one angel struck the Assyrian, um, strike the Assyrian camp, and 185,000 soldiers were found dead on the field of battle the next morning. Second Kings 19:35 says, "Then it happened that one that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men rose early in the morning, behold, all of them were dead." We have the angel number nine who almost destroyed Jerusalem. Remember, David had um, disobeyed God and numbered the people, remember? And so God sent a pestilence, and 70,000 people died from the pestilence. And then he also sent a single angel to destroy Jerusalem. First Chronicles 21:16 tells us, Then David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven with his drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders covered with sackcloth fell on their faces. And so David begged for God to spare Jerusalem. And then in, we learn in Second Samuel that God had mercy on them. Second Samuel 24:16, when the angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel who destroyed the people, it is enough, now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of the Aruna, the Jebusite. So God had mercy, and the angel pulled back. Number 10, we have the angel who killed Herod Agrippa. Herod Agrippa. I don't know if you remember the situation where, in Acts where he appeared before his people in his royal robes to make a speech. And when he was done, the people shouted to him. In Acts 12.22, the people cried out, saying, The voice of God, this is the voice of God and not of a man. And so Herod, he loved this, and he relished it, and he didn't correct the people. So in, in, we see God's response in Acts 12, verse 23, the verse after. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten, eaten by worms and died. And so God sent this angel to strike him. And we see the angel, number 11, who destroyed the Egyptian firstborn. Destroyed the Egyptian firstborn. We remember the situation where the angel passed over the houses where the doorposts had blood. And then otherwise, if there's no blood, he destroyed the firstborn in those other houses. And then lastly today, we see the non-canonical angels. And I think it's always important to see what else is out there. And, and sometimes we hear things. and um, But these are non-canonical. They're not in the canon of scripture that we recognize. You know, um, in some of the apocryphal writings, it discusses some angels that are not mentioned 
in our Bible. And we discussed some of them before. You know, Raphael, Uriel, Jeremiah, for example. Um, you know, they're, they're mentioned some 77 times in the Apocrypha. So a few tidbits on some of them just for fun. Um, in the book of Enoch, in the Apocrypha, um, section 1, verse 20, um, Raphael is declared to be one of the watchers. I'll read this to you um, from Enoch. And, there, and these are the names of the holy angels who watch. Uriel, one of the holy angels who is over the world and over Tartarus. Raphael, one of the holy angels who is over the spirits of men. Raguel, one of the holy angels who takes vengeance on the world and of the luminaries. Michael, one of the holy angels to wit, he that is set over the best part of mankind and over chaos. Saraquel, one of the holy angels who is set over the spirits who sin in the spirit. Gabriel, one of the holy angels who is over paradise and the serpents and the cherubim. Remiel, one of the holy angels whom God set over those who rise. So that's from Enoch. And then um, also in Enoch, in, in section 1, um, 22, Raphael is described as a guide to Sheol and, and is listed there. In, um, and it says here, um, And thence I went to another place, and he mountain of hard rock. And there was in it four hollow places, deep and wide and very smooth, how smooth are the hollow places and deep and dark to look at? Then Raphael answered one of the holy angels who was with me and said unto me, These hollow places have been created for this very purpose, that the spirits of the souls of the dead should assemble therein. Yea, that all the souls of the children of men shall assemble there. And these places have been made to receive them till the day of their judgment, until their appointed period, till the period appointed, till the great judgment comes upon them. I saw the spirit of a dead man making suit, and the voice went forth from to heaven and made a suit. And I asked Raphael, the angel, who was with me, and I said unto him, The spirit which maketh suit, whose is it? Whose voice goeth forth and maketh suit to heaven? It's ridiculous. I can't keep reading. Um, and then we see um, uh, in, in Enoch also, um, he's one of the four beings set over all the diseases and all the wounds of men. And so you sit and you read these things, and you're like, this... Is, it's confusing. It doesn't even gel with Scripture. So, but um, but that's that's just some some instances, and it keeps going on throughout the whole apocrypha where all these other supposed angels are listed. But um, you know, for example, um, uh, Raphael is said to be one of the three angels that visited Abraham. Remember when he was sitting in the door of his tent with Sarah there, and so they would say that Raphael was one, and then the other two were Gabriel. And Michael, and um, you know, would hold a different contention that um, it's the angel of the Lord, and then two other unnamed angels. Um, Raphael is also credited with healing Abraham after he had circumcision from the pain of the circumcision. Raphael is credited with doing that. And then um, in Jewish legend, Raphael is the angel who was sent to um, heal Jacob's thigh after he wrestled with the angel of the Lord over overnight. And so there's a ton more of these things out there, but, but the idea is that these things aren't part of the canon of Scripture, so we, we cannot get confused, confuse them with angels in the Bible. The Bible only lists two, Michael, Gabriel, lists a whole, whole host of other unnamed angels that had other 
um, um, roles that God sent them for. Questions or comments? You mean the, it's you mean guard in the garden? Yeah, well, we the cherubim, the cherubim. We um, we talked about when did we talk about it? two weeks ago last week that um, that was God sent the cherubim, and um, we knew it was more than one. It could could have been fifty for all we know, but um, but I don't think that they're still there because it's destroyed. Um, so. Um, Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to deal with the angel of Jehovah. That's our topic for next week. But, um, um, and um, I'm quite sure that example will come up. But that's next week's topic. Other questions or comments? A little change in schedule. Um, We're going to add 15 more weeks. No. Um, as we've been going through, um, we're going to do next week the angel of the Lord, and then we're going to skip right to the reality of Satan and his fall the week after that. The ministry of angels uh, realized most of that information we've covered along, so we're just going to skip ahead to the reality of Satan and his fall after that. So that'll be part seven. So we'll go through 15 parts um, right now. All right. All right. <laughs> He's a ninja turtle also, I think. Yeah. All right, let's close with number 521. Um, redeemed, I think this is the one. Father, we thank you for your redemption. Redemption that came by the blood of Christ. And so, Lord, we continue to look forward to your many blessings, your many Um, provisions for us. Uh, We thank you for uh, the man this morning who made a profession of faith, Paul. And so, Lord, we pray for him at this point, Lord, that discouragement uh, would not overtake him. And, Lord, that he would seek us out as a body of Christ. That we would seek him out also to encourage him. So we thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Christ's holy name. Amen. That wraps uh, session five on the study in the doctrine of angels, angelology, session five. Upcoming is session six with uh, Pastor Conway, and we'll be talking about the angel of the Lord and how that uh, relates to the Old Testament revelation of uh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, we'll be taking a look at this. Hope you're enjoying this study. and Stay up to date with us by subscribing to the uh, podcast through iTunes, and uh, you can stay up to date as we're continuing to uploading various series as they become available, and some of the uh, future studies that we're doing here also. Pray for the ministry. Uh, We're very grateful for 
the information that we have here, and we hope that you're enjoying it. And if you want to, you know, interact with us, you can Facebook us and friend us on uh, Facebook. All the links are on our site. That's www.amos, in the numbers 37.com. Check us out, stay informed, and as always, we're always providing everything free. And we love you guys, and we just want to see you grow in the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus. See you next time.